Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 6th of February 2015. And today we are reading from the Big Book. We are in the chapter We Agnostics. We are on page 47, and we will be starting uh, with the second paragraph we needed to ask ourselves and that will be for context and then the second paragraph after that will be for comments and today's readers are the 12 steps elizabeth fd 12 traditions lauren s text readers sharon h charles h devora s And our share ID for Thursday, the 5th of February, 2015, is 7304, 7304. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Elizabeth F.D. to read the 12 steps, please. Thank you. This is Elizabeth F.D., a recovered compulsive overeater. And these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you, Elizabeth. And I will now ask Lauren S. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you. Lauren S., recovered compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be anonymous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has the one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive of reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Lauren S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are on page 47 in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are going to be reading two paragraphs, and starting with the second paragraph we needed to ask ourselves, which will be just for review context. And the second paragraph that's be read that starts with that was great news for us is the one that we will be commenting on. And I am going to ask Sharon H. if she will read for us, please. 
Thank you, Monica. This is Sharon H., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Thank you, God. We now, we needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. That was the great news to us, for we had assumed we could not make use of spiritual principles unless we accepted many things on faith, which seemed difficult to believe. When people presented us with spiritual approaches, how frequently did we all say, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could believe as he believes but I cannot accept as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. So it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we're reviewing that paragraph up above because it's the result of all of the pages, including the Roman numeral pages that we've read prior to this that brings us to this point where we are seeing uh, the reality of our disease, that we do truly have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Our eating history and the things that we have done have shown that to us over and over again. And so this brings us to that point, you know. So if we were left at that uh, point where we're completely powerless and there was no solution, we would be in total despair. But instead... We are given this uh, ability to just be willing to believe that there's a power greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity, renew our minds, transform us from the inside out. And this is great news uh, for us who had assumed we could not make use of these spiritual principles. And my experience was I had experienced this in an amazing uh, way many, many years ago in another program for another addiction. But for some reason, I was not able or willing to accept that I did have this same seemingly hopeless state of mind and body when it came to the food. And so when I began listening to this program in 2012, it was like seeing this truth laid out before me, line by line, paragraph by paragraph. I did come to believe the reality of that and then as a result of that, this great news to be able to uh, know that these spiritual principles would work just like they had before. Uh, I, I took this book just like a textbook. Uh, I followed the directions. Um, I chose to believe that what this book says is the truth, not my opinions or anyone else's, but this is the reality for me. And I am I willing to get well and follow the directions that are in this book. And as a result of this, great news, great news today. I have been recovered and restored, and I am so grateful for that. And that's after many years, many, many years of being in this program and just having snippets here and there of abstinence. So I'm very grateful to be a part of this group, and I welcome everyone out on the line. Do keep coming back. It does work, and it will work for all of us. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Monica. Thank you, Sharon. And who would like to comment on this paragraph? Lauren S. 
This is Bella. Can I share? Bella, Lauren, Bella. Who else? Okay, let's start with that. Lauren and then Bella. Go up. Um, Lauren, you're up. <laughs> okay. Uh, we needed to ask ourselves the one short question. Oh, my God. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? Not that the... Oh, yeah, and I have in my book... Not that a power will, but is greater than myself. Um, oh, my gosh. So the second step question. What, when I was on this point um, a little less than two years ago, it was relatively easy for me to accept this because my step one was was pretty it was it was thorough and we didn't skip over any words in the step one in the book and I saw how unmanageable and restless my life was when God was nothing and Lauren was everything and, and step two was easy. Oh, yeah, of course there has, of course there has to be something better than me. I didn't have to define it. I didn't have to believe or have faith or trust or reliance. I just had to be willing to believe and and be willing to have faith and and be willing to have trust. And I say that because step two really, in and of itself, for me was just quick and short, but it wasn't until step seven and, and nine that I had real belief and real reliance and real conscious contact with God as I was becoming unblocked. Step two, I was still blocked. I was still blocked. But I saw that I could recover if I just had a spark, a mustard seed, a granule of willingness. And so that's what I did, and it blossomed and bloomed into 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 my relationship with God today. Am I willing to believe? Yes, I am, because I am powerless, and there has to be a power greater than myself. With that, I will pass. Thank you, Lauren. And Bella, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such gorgeous and wonderful paragraphs. That was great news to us. What is the great news? The great news is the word believes. Yes, because our behaviors and our uh, thinking is according to what we believe. And before the program, I believed in my own power, and this is the way I acted. I believe that I have the power to change the whole entire world. For sure, I have the power to change myself. And yes, I cannot change myself because of other people. I believed in my own power. 
I believe that yes, if people will not make me angry, upset, disappointed, I will be able to lose weight. Well, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I am now in the program and I am able to change my beliefs. And yes, today, my belief is that I am human and I am powerless and I need a greater power than myself. Yes, and today, thank you, God, I believe that the power of God it's a greater power than myself, and it's a power that accepts me and loves me. And this power, yes, this loving and accepting and respecting power, he, God is taking me to a safe and secure place. Yes, thank you, God. Today I believe that I don't, I am not responsible of the outcomings. Yes, today I believe that I am connected to a greater power than myself. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Santa H. from New Jersey. Santa. Anybody else? Go ahead, Santa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Santa H. I'm grateful to cover Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. Um, I just wanted to comment on a line that I love so much to have space here. I wish I had what that man had. I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes. Um, that, to me, reminds me of how I felt when I first came into this program and over time I started listening to my fellows um, on this line share that I wanted what they had, and but I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know what to do, and I had so many fears. But over time, over time, by keep listening and coming back and, and just softening my heart and, and letting down those, um, those, those old prejudice ideas that I finally got to the line where it says, so it is comforting to know that we can commence at a simple level. And so when I just said to my higher power, okay, I'm going to step out on faith, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other, doors begin to open for me. And one of my favorite lines that I, I love, a quote that I love and I share often with people that call me, and especially with those newcomers out there that are still um, fighting and struggling, is that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so, and when the teacher is ready, the student will appear. And so that was work for me is knowing that when I was ready, truly ready to do these steps, um, the sponsor came, and it works. This program works. So I encourage you all out there on the line that are that are on the defense, struggling and straddling, which way to go is just take one simple step and just have a willingness, and your higher power will open the doors and will continue to guide and direct you to recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Okay, well, this is Monica, and I'm going to jump in here. And I'm uh, Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And when I was uh, going through these two paragraphs with my sponsor, um, of course, the paragraph above, do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than me? She asked me that question, Monica. Do you now believe or are you even just willing to believe in the possibility of a power greater than you? And I answered yes. Thank God, I answered yes. And she said to me, 
then, Monica, I emphatically, completely, strongly, forcefully assure you that you are on your way. What great news that was for me. Just like we're reading in the second paragraph, what great news that just with that simple yes, I had started. And she's telling me I have started. And I didn't have to keep spinning my wheels in the mud trying to figure things out, trying to understand. And at this point, you know, I was scared to death. Why was this going to work this time when all the other things I had tried to do did not work? But you know what? I was in the corner. Nothing had worked. I was in the corner. It was either try this or die in my disease. And I said, well, you know what? I want what you have. So I'm willing to work these steps. And thank God. So it was comforting to learn that I could start at that simple level with just one little word, yes. And don't worry about the rest of it. God will take care of that. And with that, I will pass. And would anyone like else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Hi, this is Elsie. All right. I, I think I heard Elsie. Yeah. And I think there was somebody else. And Janice. Janice. Vasa. Larry. Vasa. Larry. Leia. Now we're all awake this morning. <laughs> okay. Elizabeth. And Elizabeth. Okay. Um, all right. Here's what I got here. Elsie first, and then Janice, and then Vasa, Larry, Leia, and Elizabeth. So, Elsie, you're up. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Elsie, and I am a recovered compulsive reader from Philadelphia, LCM. Um, I, I look back at this paragraph, and it makes it reminds me of when I first was starting this venture with Step 2, and um, and I didn't have the faith yet. You know, it's not, you know, it's just the beginning, like you said. And um, I remember seeing a cousin of mine. We were at a family funeral, and she was going through some really difficult things. And um, I asked her, how is she getting through? And she said, my faith. And just like it says in this paragraph, I remember looking at her and thinking, I want to have what she has. She has that faith, and I want to have that faith. And now many years later, um, and after working the steps uh, twice, I have that faith. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful gift. And I know now what she meant. And it it doesn't waver even when things are bad. Um, I just have to use my tools more. So I just encourage anyone who's new or um, are returning and, and feelings like they might not be able to to master this or to, to learn how to do this, just stick with it. it. You know, we have to stick with it because on the other side is a faith that's beyond your belief. That's all I have. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Elsie. And Janice, you're up, and then it'll be Vasa. This is Janice. Go ahead, Janice. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Miss Monica. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice P. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So here we are in We Agnostics, and you know, basically what we're doing here in the big book, I think, is talking about step two, you know, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves. And how are we going to come to believe? You know, that was the question I needed to ask myself when I was reading this section of the big book. Because how had others come to believe? Well, they talked to me about willingness. 
you know, coming to this place first of willingness and how do you get there? You know, I remember thinking to myself, how do you how do you get to this place of willingness? Well, the big book had laid it all out for me. You know, we we have talked about the doctor's opinion and we have talked about more about alcoholism and and we are seeing clearly in the big book who we are and what we're up against. You know, here's where we relate. Here's where we relate. You know, look for the similarities, not the differences, my sponsor used to say. And and I looked for those similarities because I could see that I was a compulsive overeater. I could see that I had that allergy of the body, but even greater aspect of the disease, the obsession of the mind. That no matter how many times I stopped, I couldn't stop myself from starting again. And I was desperate. I don't know about you. But when I came in, I didn't come in because I had nothing better to do on a Wednesday night. When I went to that meeting, it was because I couldn't bear it anymore. I couldn't stand it anymore, and I couldn't trust myself anymore. Because I kept saying, this time it'll be different, and it was never different. And I was beaten down by that over and over and over again. But I saw people with a light in their eyes. I saw laughter. I saw what I now know to be recovery. And I wanted that. And I said, how did you get that? And they said, all you have to do is be willing to believe. It was a place of surrender. Did I care enough? Did I want it enough to surrender? Because I had to surrender and begin to think about it in a different way. Because it had always been my thinking that made me suffer. And what was going to change my thinking? What was going to change my thinking was starting to believe that these people who were going before me had something I didn't have, and I was willing to follow along and see what it was. It was great news to me. You know, it was great news to me. The good news was that if they could get it, maybe I could get it. But it was comforting, it says, to learn that we could commence on a simpler level. I didn't have to, all I had to do was jump all in because that spiritual structure could be built in me. And I could learn something new that I did not know. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Vasa O, you're up, and then Larry. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service, and good morning, everybody. And I'm grateful to be here this morning. And I'm Vasa O, Recovered Compulsive Reader, calling from Florida. Yeah, um, I had... Again, before I came to the program, I had lost all the power and the willingness to keep the food under the control. I couldn't do it anymore. So uh, I was ready and I was willing to take that action that my sponsor uh, was trying to pass on what she had. And I, do I want to believe or am I willing to believe? I was so, so ready and so willing because I was I couldn't do it by myself anymore. It's, you know, Vasa, if you keep on doing your own willpower, trying to do it by yourself, I, 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 could see, I, I was going to die. But for me, what a great news. It was so comforting for me to just let God or let the program, let other people help me that had gone before me. I wanted to have what my sponsor had at the beginning she, I, she, it wasn't just the weight. I mean, she looked wonderful. She had lost the weight. 
And I did come for the weight. I wanted, I wanted to lose the weight. I was only 41 years old. I wanted to get in a nice bathing suit. I wanted to wear the, you know, the white pants with the belt, you know, buck, with, with, the, with the blouse box um, inside the pants, you know. Anyways, I came in for the vanity, believe me. And I struggled. I struggled with that for years. I wanted to look good, you know. And then she, you know, when I saw, you know, she had lost the weight, and I could see the peace. I could see the serenity. And I could see the glossy eyes in her. She was so gentle, you know, when she talked. And she just repeated over and over, Vasa, the directions are right here. The solution is here. The recipe is here. And, you know, I, 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 I was a cook. I was a baker. I knew how to follow recipe, you know, but I could not stop with the food. So all of a sudden, you know, I had to stop baking, looking at those recipes. I couldn't even go near them anymore. And I started, put, you know, going to the big book and studying the steps. And again, it is a gentle, you know, it is a gentle program. You know, it's one step at a time, she said, you know. And I remember saying, well, geez, I, you know, I took the weight off, you know. I don't know why I have to go, you know, look at the resentment, the causes and the effects, you know. She says, because we are irritable, you know, restless people, that's why, you know. And again, it was very comforting for me. And it was I was a re, I was relieved. I didn't have to do it by myself. I could ask for that higher power to help me one day at a time. One day at a time. And I'm just so grateful that I've stuck with it for many many years. Thank you, Nafas. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, Larry, you're up, and then Leah. Thanks, Monica. Uh, Larry K, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So. Um, you know, here it's it's interesting. You know, it's for me it raises the question: what what is willingness? You know, and and how do we square that with our powerlessness? You know, and 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 why are these uh, the suggestions inherent in the practical program of action so important? You know, it's, it's talking about it's been, you know, repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. And, um, you know, by definition, willingness is, is a quality or state of being prepared to do something. It's, it's merely a readiness, an inclination to act. And, and the thing about it is it requires our personal consent, you know, to do what's necessary. You know, no one will ever make me willing. Willingness is a one-person job. It has to come from within. God will not make you willing. You know, and if we examine what it says in the, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, it talks about this. It, so we learn that willingness is a simple cornerstone in which a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. And, you know, a cornerstone, if we look at that, you know, or, or a foundation stone, you know, this is a concept deri- derived from the first, like, stone set in the construction of a, of a foundation. And it's critical. It's important because all the other stones will be set in reference to this first stone. And that's going to determine the position of the entire structure. Let me tell you, I didn't lay a good cornerstone when I started in this program. 
my cornerstone was not solid. It wasn't firm. And so everything built upon that was destined to, to crumble down. You know, so if we don't, in other words, lacking a, a properly placed cornerstone, your entire structure will, will inevitably come tumbling down at some point. It's the most essential piece. And if my cornerstone of willingness is not large enough, if it's not properly in place, no matter how majestic, how solid my building may appear, it's going to come crumbling down. You're abstinent for 30 years, for, you know, whatever we've seen, lots of cases, it'll come crumbling down. I just merely had to have the willingness to believe in a power greater than myself. I'll let God do the heavy lifting. And in my personal experience, you know, the way to work this program, what I've learned is, um, is just to follow this recipe, follow these steps, not knowing what I don't know, but just remaining open. And then the rest is history, and, um, and I'm so very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Leah M., you're up, and then it'll be Elizabeth. Star one, Leah. Thanks, Monica. Good morning, everybody. It's Leah, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level yeah, I mean, you know, I was backed into a corner. I don't know about you and your disease, but, you know, my disease had beaten me to a state of reasonableness. I was backed into a corner. I had to reconsider or die. I really came to this program with complete ignorance of any spiritual life or God or anything like that. That was not the uh, landscape I was raised in. And, you know, I couldn't get stuck on this, trying to figure it out, trying to define it define it, trying to comprehend it, wrap my brain around it entirely. I mean, I had grown up in a very academic, intellectual atmosphere where you did try to figure things out. I didn't have time to figure things out right now because I would die in the investigation. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I didn't have that time. Uh, You know, was I, it's very simple. You know, was I, did I believe or am I even willing to believe? You know, and yes, I was willing to believe. Why was I willing to believe? Because I was sitting across from someone who was living proof that this program of recovery had restored him to sanity, that had, you know, given him soundness of mind and relieved him of the obsession. So believing was a choice here. It was a place to begin even without convictions. And I think the greatest difficulty we have with believing at this point is that we want something with more certainty to start with, with more definition, you know, with more assurance. We expect faith before we start. But believing comes first. Believing is a beginning point. At least that was true for me. It was a beginning point. You know, I didn't have to have faith at this point. Faith is after-the-fact information. I never had any faith in a higher power. I never even knew of a higher power. I, I didn't have faith that God could do for me what I could never do for myself. The best I could do possibly at this point is believe that a higher power could do so because there were people who were carrying a message of depth and weight. You know, and then... It was my experience that after certain things transpired, I received that power, and then I knew. And it wasn't just an intellectual experience. 
it was a heart and soul experience. It was something, you know, that I had experienced through the action steps, and then I began to have faith. You know, so after that conversation regarding step two, uh, you know, I left that room with something I came in without, and that was hope. I left that conversation with hope and a willingness to proceed. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. And Elizabeth, you're up. Good morning. It's Elizabeth S. in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, I came to this program with the belief in God, but I didn't. I didn't let him have the food part of my life. And uh, even though I believed in God, my life became unmanageable. And when I walked through these doors, I was completely ready to have somebody help me. And the teacher did appear. And and even she, she had something that I had, I could identify with her, that she was like me in a lot of ways, but yet she had a peace. And um, she was just as strong as an opinion as I was. But to do the steps, I had to trust her first and realize that, yes, I could believe that God could also take care of this food part of my life. And when I came to OAI also, and also during the steps, I came to this conclusion, I just have to do it or I'm going to die. It's that drastic for me. It's like this program is a program for living, and the way I was living was was causing havoc all around me, and I was not aware of it. I came to this program to become aware of how I was impacting other people because I just started a new job a couple of months ago, and one month review, they said I had offended five people, and I went... I can't believe this is this, that I can lose this job. I don't want to lose this job. And the next day I had a sponsor. And the next day or two after that, I was abstinent. And I was, I've never stopped being abstinent since then. And so I've been able to work this program up too. And I just had a really difficult night doing step four a couple nights ago, starting step four. I've still not done it. But I'm recovering and I'm, I'm further than I was before. And just hearing all these recovered voices on this line is giving me so much hope and direction. And also that willingness to believe that God can be involved in every single part of my life and needs to be involved in every decision I make from when I get up to what I eat, as well as the bigger decisions that I used to pray about only. And I'm free from that. Obsession, that mental obsession where I'm trying to control life and manage life and making a mess of it. Thank you, Elizabeth. And with that, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Charles, would you read for us, please? Thank you, Monica. Can you hear me? I sure can. Thank you. Charles H., a recovered visionary just for today. Besides the seeming inability to accept much on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitivity, sensitiveness, 
and unreasoning prejudice. Many of us have been so touchy that even casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism. This sort of thinking had to be abandoned. Though some of us resisted, we found no great difficulty in casting aside such feelings. Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we had tried to be on other questions. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Sometimes this was a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. Once again, good morning. My name is Charles H. A recovered visionary just for today. You know, I could talk a good one, um, but my actions will show my inability to accept much on faith, blind faith um, for that matter. And, you know, as I said the other day, I am um, a believer, but do I believe, right? You know, all I have to do is say that I'm a believer. Um, that's all I need to do in the second step. Um, I had much antagonism. I resisted so much. Um, yeah, my disease was a great persuader. I don't care. You could you could have prayed over me. You could have laid hands on me. You could have did this and that. But until I became, I came by a jar of willingness. So until I became persuaded by my disease, beaten down, you know, um, time and time again, um, nothing was going to get done. And, you know, like I said, my motto this year is ground zero, man, staying on the ground. And, like, you know, um, when I when I talk with others, and, and you know what, it's about the 12 steps. Like, you know, all, all the other stuff going on in life, it's about the 12 steps. You know, when I talk with my sponsors, it's about the 12 steps. I can't help you with nothing else, and, and that, that's that's what this program is built on. Um, spiritual matters, I need, I need to be open on it. You know, if 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 I'm not praying every day, I'm I'm a goner. If I'm not meditating every day for others, I'm a goner. I'm a goner. So uh, I need to be open-minded on these these issues. I don't need to have no prejudices. And like I said it the other day, and I'll say it again today. Most most people that say they believe in in in, in a higher power including myself, especially the chief investigator, I'm, a, I'm an agnostic and I'm an atheist if I'm not continuing to read my textbook and to, 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 to bring to life to others my textbook. I am an atheist. I am an agnostic. And I'm at ground zero every single day. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me to share, Monica D. Thank you, Charles. And who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Yvonne. 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 Yes. Um, hi. Yvonne, Kim, Sally. Sally. Okay, I got Yvonne, Kim, Sally, and I think I heard Deanna someone else. Deanna. 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 who you heard because I just said it. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go with uh, Yvonne, Kim, Sally, and Deanna B. Yvonne, you're up, and then Kim. Thank you, Yvonne, compulsive overeater, and uh, fairly new to the program, a bit nervous about sharing, but praying to God that um, he gives me the words. Um, I know that I have to be stripped of anything I've learned before, because even though I had a belief in a higher power and uh, faith in a higher power, obviously I, I was doing something 
drastically wrong because it's taken me 28 years to get to where I am today and in and out of 12-step programs. And um, today I believe uh, that I, I need to be stripped of anything that I've known before and um, I'm happy to, to be willing and open to learn, um, to acknowledge the teacher before me, uh, my sponsor and my God, and to remind myself that I do need to practice it in all my affairs. Um, I guess I've been, uh, like other people shared, as far as, you know, when the big things happen or if something's happening to someone else, I immediately turn to God. But um, for my food, I always forgot to turn to God um, until it was pretty much too late and there was just no stopping me. I've been on automatic pilot probably my whole life with me in the driver's seat and I, I've got to get in the back seat now and I'm, I'm so humbled and uh, relieved to be taken out of that driver's seat. I don't want it anymore. So anyway, thank you for being there. Thank you, Yvonne. Kim, you're up, and then Sally. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. This is a powerful paragraph, a paragraph that's going to start to shift me. It says, we found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. And I looked up that word handicapped. It means a condition that markedly restricts one's ability to function. Wow. And that explains my disease. You know, this type of thinking had to be abandoned. So what was this thinking? What was my obstinacy, my sensitive, my unreasoning prejudice? You know, for me personally, it was I had been in the way for 17 years. What's, what's going to be different now? I had six years of back-to-back abstinence. Of course, that was 10 years ago, but, but I had it. I was in a group chair. I was on the region board. Of course, I've also been in relapse for five years and put back on 50 of the 100 pounds. But that it was that awesome, that arrogance that I cannot be taught. I have to abandon that thinking, not to reconsider it, not ponder about it, not tweak it. It had to be abandoned. Because let me tell you where that type of thinking got me after 17 years in OA. I had broken my ankle. I was bedbound. I was in the most pain I was ever in my life. I was contemplating whether I should just pee in the bed because getting up to go to the bathroom just seemed way too difficult and way too painful. But within five minutes, I wanted binge foods, and I was up, and I went to the kitchen, and I got my binge foods. That's where my thinking got me. That type of thinking, the thinking that that I am in control, the thinking that self-sufficiency is going to get me, the thinking that self-propulsion, being in constant collision with other people, being the victim of a delusion that I can wrest satisfaction out of this world if only I manage well. That type of thinking had gotten me to the place of alcoholic destruction. And that was what was going to open me up. You know, I think so much of, of, it, of we often say this program is simple but not easy. It's the next sentence in Bill's story that really hits home. Yes, it says it's simple but not easy. This meant the destruction of self-centeredness. I had to destroy. A price had to be paid. It meant the destruction of self-centeredness. I don't know. My personal experience is this is not a gentle program. They're using words like destruction, abandonment, 
absolute worst. I had to fully surrender and submit to this program. It was not gentle for me. So let me tell you, when I did that, when I abandoned that type of thinking, when I let go of those handicaps, when I fully surrendered to this program, I got the promises that this book gave me. And that is what I wanted. Is that what you want? Are you willing to go through the pain and the, and the absolute surrender to get the promises? If you are, take the hand of a recovered person and hang on tight. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Sally, you're up, and then it'll be Deanna. Thank you. Good morning, Monica. Um, good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to chime in on this paragraph as well. So it says here, handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. And, it, you know, coming down the page, it uses the word reasonable. Over and over, they're using the word reasonable, unreasonable, reasonable. And so we see it again, this word reasonable. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. And then coming down the page, we'll see it in the next paragraph on Monday. Again, the word reasonable. And let me just say that the definition of sanity is free from defect, mentally sound, reasonable. So what we see here in this in these paragraphs is a case for the idea that perhaps we're crazy if we don't believe, if we don't at least give it a chance to be open-minded, to be willing to be willing to simply be open-minded to believe. We're crazy if we don't believe because it's not happening in us not working for us to to muster all of our resources. I know for myself it was never going to work. I spent years trying to gather into one spot all of my resources, all of my self-control. It didn't happen. It wasn't going to happen. There was no self-control to be had. So when it says in this respect, alcohol, in our case, food was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of sanity, reasonableness. That was my case. You know, I was talking with someone yesterday who called me, who was telling me about how they were just really, they were beaten down, beaten down. Like they had no more in them to even try anymore. She had no sense of joy at at a phone call. It was just, I could hear in her voice, a person who had never spoken to me, who had left me a message, I returned the call, and the voice was of someone who was so, I'm done, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I'm just, she just basically was quitting on herself. And you know what? That probably was the best place to be, to just finally let go and try, let somebody else help you. And I had to say to her, look, just take the stick I'll pull you out of the quicksand. You can't help me. You can't wiggle your way out. Just hold on to the stick and I'll pull you out. That's the strange thing about this thing. We can't do it of ourselves. We we want to. We're willing to cooperate. But bottom line, what happens is that the food beats us into a place of being reasonable. And you have to reach a place where you say, I don't know how to do this. Help me. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Sally. Deanna, you're up. Thank you, Monica. My name 
is Deanna B. Right now I'm in sunny Chicago. Um, I'm recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, and, oh, wow, you have pulled me through. Uh, this book has pulled me through. What was the catalyst? I don't know. I was introduced to a vision for you. Was that it? I I really don't know. I do know 100% today that, and I think it was Santa who said, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, or something like that. I'm not real good with exact words, but I must have been ready. I have prayed. I've been around so many years. I, You know, it's like it doesn't matter anymore how many years I've been around and how many diets. Did I know I had the diet mentality? No. Most of the time, no. And, you know, it's like I thought I was believing. I thought I was turning it over. All these things that I realized today because, only because, on a daily basis, Back to back, I've been abstinent for some 24 hours. And so I've become more teachable. I've become more open to hear my higher power. When I first came into a vision, I had to do, if I didn't do it perfectly, it wasn't good enough. And of course, that's the low self esteem. That's the disease talking to me. The disease hasn't been talking to me, but my higher power has. I was going on Wednesday to pick up my sister-in-law for my brother's funeral, and she lived like 10 minutes away, but I'm very directionally challenged, and my significant other always takes a shortcut. And I heard this little nudge said, I am not a GPS, Deanna. Don't take the shortcut. Now, you know, it makes people laugh. That's fine. But I heard that as clear as day because I would get lost in a round in a circle and in a circle. And I didn't want to be late. So I didn't take the shortcut. God it just is with me. I used to just uh, beat myself up because I didn't say this prayer at this time. I didn't do this at this time. But talking to all of you, you know, you've helped me so much. My first guy went to follow her own path. So I didn't have a guide. But she took me through. She was there for me. I needed her when she was there. And I pray for her every day. It forced me to reach out more. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you, Deanna. And we've come to the end of our time here this morning so quickly. Thank you to everyone who has shared. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Devorah, can you read for us, please, from a vision for you, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, good morning. This is Devorah S. from New Jersey. Um, Okay, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose, I'm sorry, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
see to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.